0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hi, Kristen. You have dragged me out to the back of King's College, where there's a massive collection of beehives here that I had no idea were hidden behind the college, and dressed me up in a ridiculous suit. What exactly are we doing here today?
0: We've come today to feed the bees as we approach spring because one of the main dangers of overwintering is possible starvation what can happen in some instances is that the bees cluster together for warmth and when the temperature drops they may get stranded in places without food and that can lead to starvation we're hoping that they'll be able to move up through the hive and if they're low on stores that they've been collecting all through last year through the spring and summer we're hoping that they'll be able to move up towards the fondant icing that we've put on on top of the hive and 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 feed themselves if they need it We quietly approached the
1: hive and added the block of icing to the top. On such a chilly day, there was no sign of the bees coming out to forage. Being able to build up food stores is crucial to colonies making it through the winter. But beekeepers provide sugar supplies throughout the year if the bees don't manage to find enough nectar.
0: In the cities, there's generally quite a lot of forage around in gardens. Here on the backs in Cambridge, there are lots of crocuses and different plants coming out. Most of most of the season, when they're when the bees are flying, they can have problems though with forage in the countryside, where there are more season-specific plants and where pesticides can influence them as well. They can then have trouble. Making up the stores for winter, but I understand that conservationists are are currently working on ways to ensure that there's more forage for bees for more of the months that they're flying.
1: Forage is obviously a very important thing. Are there any other problems that the bees are facing?
0: So, here on the backs, we don't really have the same pesticide problems that you'd get in the countryside, but occasionally we try to protect the hive from things like damp which can get in the bees really don't like being damp that's why they don't fly in the rain another thing that we've been trying really hard to work out with our hive is the varroa mite problem that that we've been having and varroa mites are a parasite that can affect the bees at a kind of larvae level and affect their growth. We had someone come and visit the hive and do a series of experiments uh, with what he called a bee gym which was intended to help the bees clean the varroa off of themselves. Obviously this would be preferable to having to use things like chemicals and pesticides on the bees because it can affect their honey and it can also sometimes affect the growth of brood.
1: Naturally, varroa mites parasitise Asian honeybee species. I spoke to Lena Wilford, who explained
2: why European honeybees are struggling to cope. Asian honeybees are very good at detecting the ectoparasites, so if they find them, they'll throw infected bee larvae out of their hives. That's their way of getting rid of of, uh, problems like that. Our European honeybees haven't worked out that trick yet. The European honeybees only have the varroa mites because they were moved for pollination purposes to Southeast Asia, where they picked up the mite, and then those infected colonies were moved around again and again and again. So that's led to a global spread of the ectoparasite.
1: One of the reasons that varroa mites are having such a large impact is that they also carry a disease called deformed wing virus the spread of deformed wing virus and varroa mite has been driven by humans moving bee colonies around the world, including to remote places like Hawaii and New Zealand, which bees would not
2: normally be able to reach by themselves. At an international level, we really, really, really do have to stick to the regulations. There are increasingly good regulations in place, but they do get flaunted sometimes and that just mustn't happen. So, for example, the introduction to New Zealand really is a case in point where There was good regulation in place, it just wasn't adhered to. On a local level, for these particular diseases, it's really beekeepers who need to keep on top of their varroa control. That's that's all that we can say at the moment. Now, by controlling varroa, not only are the beekeepers keeping their own colonies healthy they also help to protect the wider honeybee populations and also the wild pollinators like bumblebees because they can catch the viruses too, but obviously they don't have a beekeeper to look after them.
1: Bees have a rather unusual social structure in that uh, they form colonies. So if this virus is within a colony, does that lead automatically to the whole colony declining and eventually
2: collapsing? It's always going to be a multifactored thing and um, bees undergo... Obviously, a lot of environmental stress and making the overwinter making sure that they they have good enough stores that's going to be something that contributes to that. but there are long time studies both in in Europe in Israel in the United States that have attributed much of the overwinter mortality due to, to this combination of varroa and deformed wing virus.
1: What can be done to help bees combat this across the board, not just in terms of regulation? but also in terms of perhaps some of the other factors that are interacting with disease?
2: So if you think of honeybees but also of wild pollinators, then clearly disease do matter, particularly for honeybees. But for the wild pollinators, we have to think about habitat loss and environmental stress, such as pollutants, such as potentially pesticides. So this is something where all of us can also do something planting pollinator-friendly plants, making sure that they have something to feed on for the whole season, starting right now all the way to autumn, that's something that's going to keep our pollinators healthy and well prepared to fight off diseases.